Hello and welcome to the first of these FWD podcasts. It's a place where we sit down with a guest and one of our service provider members and talk about issues that are going on in the industry. Um, so I'm delighted today to be joined by FWD Chairman Dow Pervez. And, uh, later in the session, we're going to be joined by Rob Mannion from B2B Store. So Dowd, how are you? Hello. Yes, uh, all well, thanks. Looking forward to the golden quarter, as everyone calls it. The golden quarter. Well, it's a golden quarter for us because we've got our FWD gold medals coming up at the uh, end of November. Ah, which exactly. Record numbers there, celebrating all that's good in wholesale. So we're looking forward to that. What are the big things that you look forward to in this golden quarter? Well, obviously, you know, you you see a build up of trade. So after the the summer, you get a lull, and then build up of trade as we head towards Christmas. Whether that be people going out more frequently, or treating themselves at home, or smaller gatherings or social occasions, you see a, a large increase in sales all the way up to Christmas Day. So, what are the challenges associated with that this year? Availability, inflation. What what are the things that are going to not necessarily make the golden quarter as golden as it might be, a silver quarter, perhaps? Well, actually, it's it's probably counterintuitive, but I don't see availability as a bigger problem as it has been in the recent past. M- most supply chains do seem to be in a far better state than they have been. I'm obviously uh, yet to find out what the situation is for drivers, uh, but uh, you know, right now it's it's all absolutely fine. So don't expect availability to be the b- big issue. Now, inflation, obviously, inflation over the last year or so has meant that there's been numerous, numerous price changes and, you know, the complexity and the administration that comes with affecting numerous price changes. You know, obviously there's also opportunities to try and get hold of stock at the old price to then drive it out into the market, usually price marked to the benefit of the consumer that's served by your customers or our customers. Uh, but I think I think rather interestingly, what you're seeing now is a heating up of competition in the market where there's, you know, decent availability, delivered supply chains are functioning relatively well. So what you're seeing is uh, potentially, you know, even some deflationary impacts in terms of wholesalers competing for share of market. And is that coming through from suppliers, that deflation, or is they, are the prices still being pushed through? No, no, I, th- I think most of that deflation is, okay, well, it's twofold. One is wholesalers themselves are adjusting margin expectation in, in order to to hit their sales requirements. But what you're also seeing is in the case of some manufacturers who went very hard on inflation, they are now providing more enhanced promotional support. Yeah. And are you able to pass on those prices or is that um, margins generally just getting more squeezed? Correct. Correct. I, th- I think, you know, you're we're reverting, everyone's reverting back to how things were before they all went upside down. Is that having an impact on volumes? Yeah, well, look, I think, again, so convenience stores um, and the local market generally uh, gained a lot of uh, footfall and therefore volume sales during COVID. Some of that, some of those habits have obviously stuck. But, you know, you're now seeing, uh, obviously, over the last year or so, um, pressures on people's wallets. Uh, you, you call it the cost of living crisis as such. So people are watching what they spend their money on more carefully. So volume growth is not how it has been since 20 well since march 2020 it's definitely harder to get to come by however volume gained is being held on to so even though people are feeling this the pinch the, the, that the, those inflationary rises are being mitigated by volume staying where they were at the height of yes. the boom years 
Yes, because because I, I suppose another way of of looking at it, and you know, generally speaking, if people feel a pinch in their wallets, you know, the the first element of discretionary spend that they cut back on is, you know, how much they spend out of home, let alone what they spend in home. So actually, yeah. you know, in some cases, the out of home expenditure translates to in home expenditure or at home expenditure. So, you know, that, but at the same time, you've got people who plan their purchases a bit more carefully and make sure that they buy their products in the most efficient way possible in terms of cost, you know, and therefore they, they might be going to discounters or they might be making a planned trip to a supermarket or a hypermarket. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, absolutely. What, and what are you looking forward to for 2024? So not long to go now to the start of the new year. What's going to be different next year, do you think? If anything, well, I I don't think it's going to be a day and night change. As I said, I think things are kind of reverting back to how they were before the world turned upside down to some degree. I, I do think that um, the pressure on the consumer or on the consumer's wallet will continue as it is right now. If anything, you know, it could actually have a greater impact because, uh, uh, let's say, people with with debts or mortgages, um, you know, there'll be more people who've had to. Uh, refinance in the new environment as such, the new higher interest rate environment. I don't imagine interest rates will suddenly, you know, tumble overnight. Um, In fact, it's pretty clear that that they're here to stay for some time. Yeah. But of course, you know, we've got a general election next year, apparently. We have indeed. Uh, The smart money is on next October, so still 11 months of electioneering to go. God help us all. Um, But I suppose we might see... Uh, some tax cuts maybe potentially ahead of the election, which will bring a bit of a feel-good factor. People think they've got a little bit more money in their pockets. I mean, that's normally what governments try to engineer ahead of uh, an election. Correct. Yes. I mean, you know, the the incumbent government will obviously try and endear itself to the people. Um, (laughs) how, How they do that is going to be very interesting uh, you know at the same time there's there's a there's a lot of geopolitical turmoil as well so you know yeah. there's positions around that that's going to be taken if you asked me a month and a half ago two months ago i would have said look it's definitely time you know it's going to be a change you know it's going to be a change of government yeah. i'm not sure nine months or 11 months or you said uh it's a very long time in politics now so who knows i don't want to get my crystal ball out on that one no, it's early days. I mean, I think uh, most people would say it's probably likely to be a, a new government. But as you say, anything could happen between now and then. But if you were standing on the on the let's say on the first tee with uh, Rishi Sunak and you had uh, 18 holes of golf ahead, I'm not sure where I'm going for the golf analogy, but I started, so I'll stick with it. What would you be saying to him over the course of that 18 holes? What what would you think he should be doing to help wholesale? The one thing I always talk to you about, James, you, you know the answer is I, I always talk about um, business rates. The, yes, you got it. Yeah, how the business rate system is completely dysfunctional uh, and bears no real kind of relevance to the current market that we operate in. And I, I'm not just saying that for uh, us wholesalers, you know, in terms of industrial property. I'm saying that in relation to um, retail property as well. You know, the, our customers trade from. Uh, you know the the fact that we we review our business rate system periodically uh, over a few years, and you know it's kind of looking back in the rear view mirror. You know often provides quite a lot of shocks to the system. The fact that we're not encouraging what we would require from a good functioning society. You know we as I say we we should be encouraging 
all those uh, local uh, retail units, those small high street retail units to be occupied, uh, you know, which be encouraging people to start businesses and, um, uh, you know, contribute to the local communities they operate in. And of course, you know, what you want to remember is, you know, your local business rates, of course, are are paid to the local authority that, you know, usually the, the consumer is based in. So when yeah. he spends money there, he's he's getting a direct benefit in the environment that he lives in. Whereas if you're if you're buying something from some distant dark distribution center based somewhere else, I mean, not only is the retailer who's retailing to you not paying retail level business rates, right? But um, may not know, be paying any tax either. Yes, not only that, but they're they're also not helping your local environment improve because. They're based on another local environment. That's yeah. a, unless you live next to a DC, of course. Well, I mean, I think you and I both know that the government raise an awful lot of money from business rates. So it's something that they're very loath to uh, meddle with and look at because of the money that it raises. And it's a 20-year project, I think, getting business rates right. I mean, Labour have pledged to abolish business rates and look at a different form of taxation. So we'll watch their policies with interest. We've got a dinner coming up at the end of November with some parliamentarians and various wholesalers and suppliers where we'll be able to put these views and others to them. Um, so it's an opportunity to showcase the role of wholesale, but also talk about policies that we think governments or incoming governments should be considering ahead of the general election next year. It's going to be a very long 11 months, I think, and probably quite depressing, <laughs> to be honest. Which the election was tomorrow, just so we didn't have to put up with 11 months of some electioneering. But hopefully we'll get a, a good outcome at the end in terms of uh, wholesale policy. That's the thing that we're paid to worry about. And uh, rest assured, we'll be putting our views forward on that front. Absolutely, James. It's your time to shine. <laughs> well, the sun will be out. Fear not, fear not. Um, so we're going to introduce Rob Mannion from B2B Store in a second. But before I welcome Rob to the discussion, if you had to pick one thing, Dowd, that you would say uh, is the best thing about working in wholesale, what would that be? I think it's pretty straightforward because, first of all, wholesalers generally are, you know, wholesale is a low margin sector, so therefore they're quite lean operators and therefore if you're a member of a wholesale team you can see exactly the consequence on the effect or the positive results of the effort that you put in and that becomes you know incredibly satisfying you don't feel you know that you're remote or distant from the actual operation you feel like you're part of the operation and it becomes addictive so it's the fact that you can actually have a have an effect yeah inputs and outputs and being involved so we're going to welcome Rob Mannion from uh, B2B Store. Welcome, Rob, to this uh, chat. Um, Hello, tell us a little, little bit about uh, B2B Store. We're obviously a software company um, specialising in the in the wholesale sector. Um, in fact, Howard, I think it was 10 years ago, pretty much to this day, that we um, our, our paths first crossed when we you guys approached us and we looked at building the first ever ordering app in the wholesale sector. A whole decade. <laughs> James, we've kind of evolved and we have a number of strings to our bow. We, we obviously support Bestway with their apps. Uh, we've built our own e-commerce proposition. Um, we've also recently launched WhatsApp business and also we've got a B2B open banking uh, module as well. Okay, interesting. Dowd, what do you think? Obviously, uh, Rob's a, a tech specialist. I, I'm very much not a tech specialist. What do you think the tech needs of wholesale are, Dowd? 
Well, that is a, a difficult question to answer because it does depend where you are as a business and you know what you're going for. I mean, so, some some wholesalers obviously have a collect only model, and um, by keeping as a collect only model, they they they, they stay relatively pure play, and therefore the the structures around the business stay lean and focused. And you know that that has a place. However, as you may well have read uh, in the IGD reports uh, that that are circulating and about the sector, what you might see is that over the last 23 years, apart from, you know, maybe a handful of occasions, delivered wholesale has outgrown collect wholesale. And, you know, generally speaking, uh, deliveries are now bigger than collect. And, you know, especially in food service and catering, where it's a, it's a very large number, I think it's north of 80% is, is delivered. So, you know, you, you do really need to, as a wholesaler, have a way of taking deliveries from your customer or orders from your customers yeah. for delivery. But you and, can have uh, order and collect as well, of course. It's not just about order and delivery. So the, the, the models more from a straight collect versus delivery. The online platform could also be used for goods which you then go and collect. So there's two things, I think. One is the way that things are ordered and purchased and then how they're actually physically received by the customer. And that, that's where we're evolving. Do you think that's right, Rob, in terms of that requirement of wholesalers? You know, some of them are just looking for an online presence and an ordering platform, but some like Bestway and others have more sophisticated need state. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And, and also just from um, the commercial perspective, the, as I think Dowd was alluding to there, the, the actual average basket sizes that the whatever channel you choose to invest in do very greatly. I think typically in depot, on average, you may be looking at a £500 average basket online. We're typically looking at 1000 around the 1000 average basket, even app average baskets tend to be much 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 higher as well i think the wholesaler has to look at um has to look at their business they have to look at whether they the various different um, fulfillment methods all of which attract different costs um obviously there's the the unknown costs of delivered um slightly more certain costs of click and collect so yeah no, it's um it's a, it's a great opportunity for them how do you help them what do you do to help wholesalers on that journey the wholesalers such as Bestway are, are, are certainly leading the way and have been for some some years. Uh, there's quite a lot of, I mean, you ask what's what's the great thing about, or some of the great things about wholesale. And I think I agree with Darren, making a difference. And um, quite a lot of wholesalers just simply haven't, or find the whole world of investment investing in digital to be fairly daunting. Some wholesalers are much more adept at it uh, than others. So really we find ourselves embarking on a journey more often than not with our customers it's a it's a partnership uh, and hopefully a, a, a win-win for, for all parties something rob that you've been doing is whatsapp comms for wholesalers and sort of communicating with their customers via whatsapp is that something that you do down is it a best way yeah i think i think we were first to market with that of course what's the benefit of that why why is that any different to uh, other forms of communication or sms for example i mean that's long forgotten now but i mean that was the first of these platforms why is why is whatsapp any better or different so it's it's really ultimately down to engagement rates uh, and and mass adoption of whatsapp i think covid as well gave a, a huge boost to the whatsapp usage in the country i think an illustration would be that my 82 year old mother started to use whatsapp because it was the only way she could converse with her 
extended family. Um, but So we have eight, eight out of 10 adults in the UK use WhatsApp. The engagement rates we're looking at typically up to 50% of users are engaging with WhatsApp messages within 24 hours, which is significantly higher than email. And I think even WhatsApp report 98% engagement rates over time. So compared to email, which you may, if on a good day, have a 20% interaction rate with some marketing collateral. WhatsApp is by far the, the, the leader in its field at this point. And do wholesalers use their own sort of personal WhatsApps or do they have sort of a business app? How does it work? Yeah, so there's different flavours of WhatsApp. Um, there is a free version and that's what we started seeing wholesalers using um, probably a couple of years ago to push out promotions, but there's some quite signif- significant weaknesses. Primarily, if you push out marketing or promotional collateral on the, on the free version to a group, you're limited to a thousand users. And also, if a user was to respond or provide some feedback on that promotion, it would be in front of the other 999 users, which is not not ideal. So yeah. the what we um, offer is WhatsApp Business, um, okay. and that allows you to send outbound promotional messaging at scale to unlimited users. I think Bestway has the, the by far the largest WhatsApp channel in in the UK. So it's uh, it it really is streets ahead of any other traditional forms of engagement. Rob, uh, not not to mention you can embed more rich content as well. Absolutely, yeah, um, which again sort of in, brings in the not only uh, the, the sales opportunity, but the suppliers, the more sophisticated suppliers are, are interested in this. Um, so yeah, as Dale says, multimedia uh, videos, we can now um, inter- um, build in interaction, calls to action within the WhatsApp messages. We can integrate or increase in integrating WhatsApp to the ability to transact. Recently, WhatsApp has launched a new concept called WhatsApp Flows, which means we're going to be able to build in mini applications into the actual WhatsApp messages. So th- this, again, is another huge upgrade from WhatsApp, uh, who seem to be taken on the world. But that this will allow things like being able to adjust the, the, the number of units of something you might wish to procure from something you're advertising in WhatsApp. It really is a, a huge step forward. Mm. Uh, just, sorry, James, it would be worth also pointing out that, you know, good old SMS, you would um, pay by the number of texts you sent. You know, you'd buy batches of text up front and the actual uh, creation of the dashboards that control the SMS messaging are, you know, they're very archaic. Um, You know, so obviously, you know, someone like us, we, we can cut our WhatsApp messages by customer type or by location or by serving depot or whatever else it is now. Yeah, really interesting. So it sounds like there's lots of sort of innovations happening. We got just before we go. I'm going to ask a question, which is probably not something that can be answered particularly quickly, but we're hearing a lot about AI at the moment in the media. Um, and Richie Sunak recently held a summit um, where it was breaking the Elon Musk and other sort of tech people. What's the role of AI within wholesale? In a nutshell, there is such a thing. Rob, what do you think? Well, ultimately, I think AI is is here. I think we're we're um, a fairly long way away from our respective jobs being any any danger, thankfully. But uh, certainly, some of the areas where AI could be deployed fairly seamlessly would be things like in any e-commerce, uh, in the search area of e-commerce, to give more refined, more personalised results. And I think ultimately we're going to see AI start to infiltrate more areas of the digital space, whether it's, as I say, search or it could be the products somebody sees, it could be the adverts they see, all com- utterly personalised um, for the person or the recipient of that content. It could be even the pricing could be personalised and driven by AI. The colour of the app, you know, just pretty much every single facet of the of the digital experience. I think that's that, and ultimately, if AI is delivered 
effectively, you're probably not even going to know it's powered by AI. <laughs> so, um, but I think it is very much here. But I, we're not quite at that stage of you know complete driverless vehicles and uh, uh, and uh, none of us having any any role in in life at all. Yeah. <laughs> are you yeah. Uh, doubt? Are you going to be investing in AI in the best way? It's, it's on the radar. I mean, uh, I can't remember the exact terminology, but there's two forms, broadly speaking. Um, the more sophisticated one being generative AI, the kind of AI that most people talk about, like like Robert's talking about right now, which is you know serving, um, let's say, focused functions like search or matching or that kind of stuff. I mean, that that obviously has a big role to play uh, already in something that will continue to to roll out. I mean, no, no one. No one really wants to spend their life invoice matching, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> um, in terms of generative AI, so um, something that that understands, you know, data that's available to it, and then can reach certain conclusions or outputs with certain um, goals in mind, uh, that that's also, you know, really really interesting. But you know, with everything we've talked about, whether it be just setting up a website or business accounts, WhatsApp for business or AI. I mean, the important thing is you you can't really do this stuff half-heartedly. You know, it's really important to kind of get your basics in, in place, whether it be your customer data, your customer file, whether your product file and, you know, how your products are categorized, the data, the information you have on your products. Um, you know, because obviously at the end of the day, they're, they're basically reflections of those files, aren't they? So <laughs> if those files aren't in, in the right state, then, you know, you're, you're going to have um, quite a lot of, let's say, confusion. So, you know, just that one piece of advice is, you know, it does require some investment on uh, making the ship all tidy. Yeah, absolutely. I think it will have a massive role to play in wholesale. We just don't necessarily know what that looks like yet. No, nobody really knows today. I mean, there's lots of speculation and lots of talk about it. But I think in you know, in the coming years, we'll be looking back on the nature of the conversations that we have having now. Maybe not with you, Rob, because you're an expert in this area uh, and thinking, well, you know, we really didn't know what we were talking about. The possibilities were not understood. And I think it will be transformative for the sector. But, you know, it's our role as FWD to shepherd people along that journey. And it's exciting. I think we're looking at doing a, some investment in, in uh, thought leadership on AI um, because it's going to something that's so, so important and so vital for the future of our economy. And wholesale, as we know, is a big part of that economy. So I think it's a topic we will be returning to uh, over the coming weeks and months. But listen, guys, that's been absolutely fascinating. Um, thank you so much for your time. Really uh, interesting to uh, to weave around a series of uh, topics there um, and hopefully some food for thought for our listeners. So thank you very much, Doward. Um, and thank you very thank you, much, Jeff. Rob. Thank you, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And do join us again on the next FWD podcast. Thanks very much and goodbye. Thank you.